Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Walters Wanderings Travel Podcast. Today I'm going solo because it is a review of the Islands of Adventure Park at Universal Studios Orlando. Um, We went on April the 12th to the beautiful Islands of Adventure and indeed it was an adventure because it was an all-day affair. Mention Universal an Isles Adventure, and I'll make sure you get a little Universal gift card to get Universal stuff. So it's all good, it's all great, and all of that. So, here we go. It was a long but productive day on my daughter's birthday, my youngest daughter's birthday, April 12th, as we spent all day, literally from 8.05 to 9.50 at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. Parking at the Islands of Adventure is $27. Oof! But, my handicap placard, we were able to park a shortest distance to the city walk entrance. They had the people movers like at the airport, so it did mitigate some of the walking. Um, note that if you want to pick up tickets that will call previous to your visit on a day before, you will be charged for parking. Now, fortunately, my good looks and winning personality got me a gift card for $27 to reimburse that parking fee. More ants with honey than with vinegar. And if you need help with that, let me know and I'll walk you through that process. Now, to get to Universal Studios either park, including the Islands of Adventure, you have to walk through City Walk. So your Fitbit will burst with pride as you see all the different uh, dining and food uh, availabilities at uh, that particular area that uh, Universal has built uh, to sort of be an entertainment hub. Park entry ended up being quick and easy, and a scooter was procured for the low, low price (laughs) of $65. But that's not the worst of the scooter pricing, as you'll find out in another episode of my podcast. Now, we did not have the Express Pass option this trip, so we were at the mercy of the regular queues. So just be aware that um, there will be more on this later, and I will give you my review of being without the Express Pass. Our first stop was the Velocicoaster, which is the newest attraction at the park. It's located in the back center of the park. It had a wait time listed of 45 minutes, but we were in line to off the ride in 35 minutes. It is a great coaster that while it does not have any hyper height to it, but it does all kinds of things, most notably a corkscrew low over the water near the end. Now, if you want, you can find videos of the whole ride on YouTube or similar Um, No way was I going to chance my phone (laughs) on the ride. I know better than that. We did not want to lose it in the water or anywhere else. But uh, let's let's just say it's a great coaster. Um, It does inversions, so if you're not an inversion fan, just note that. But uh, there are are wonderful things about the ride. And you do get a great view when you go up to the highest point, which I believe is only about 100 or so feet off the ground. Again, not a hyper-height roller coaster. We went to the Harry Potter Land for the Forbidden Journey. It's an indoor dark ride. You're thrust into all kinds of predicaments, but guess what? You survive. Now, we were going to go to the Flight of the Hippogriff, which is like a kiddie coaster, but there was having issues. They were only running uh, limited trains because apparently one of the trains was malfunctioning. So we punted on that because the wait was never less than 90 minutes all day long. However, we did return to Harry Potter section twice more during the day. More on that later. We then uh, went just a little distance away to the Lost Continent area. 
It is the weakest section of the park, but the one with the most potential. There could be a great ride based on something from mythology here, but nothing has turned up yet. I think uh, Universal is uh, putting all their resources into their new epic universe park, so I think that's why the Lost Continent is sort of being lost and left adrift. Poseidon's Adventure anchors the area, but it is a tired attraction. You walk from scene to scene, and you end up finding out that Poseidon saves the world, and saves the underworld, and saves the water world, and that's the story there. But there we go. Then we go back to Harry Potter World for lunch at the Three Broomsticks. There was a line, and it moved well. They said an hour wait, but we were sitting down within 30 minutes. Uh, but a theme park lunch for $100? Yeah, it's for five people? Oh, my goodness. But I think uh, the saving grace, of course, was frozen butter beer. That's right. Frozen butter beer. Other people may tell you that there are other versions of butter beer that are better, but there's no better version of butter beer than a frozen butter beer. Period. You cannot change my mind. Then we went down to Seussland after we have to walk through the uh, Lost Continent area. We rode the rides there. The Cat in the Hat is reminiscent of the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disney. You spin a little bit more than Winnie the Pooh, however. One Fish, Two Fish is Dumbo. You get the picture. It's a good distraction, and it's really the only part of the park there at Islands of Adventure that's really kid-kid friendly. So if you have little ones under the age of uh, nine, maybe... Or if you have tall kids that are not fearful, Islands of Adventure is fine if you're about nine or so. But if you're smaller than that, um, actually it's not my most highly recommended universal park or highly recommended uh, uh, theme park for the littles. So just make a note of that. So then we went across the way to Spider-Man. Now Spider-Man is unquestionably, in my mind, the best motion simulator ride at Universal and one of the best motion simulator rides anywhere. It never gets stale, um, and you're you you and even if you've been a couple of years since you've been on it, and it has been a couple of years for me since I've been on it before, because last time was before COVID, it it's still fresh. It's still a great ride. We were in the uh, regular queue and not the express lane. It was posted uh, 60 minutes. We were off the ride in 45. And, of course, the whole coaster is a nice ride as well. It does a couple of dipsy doodles, a couple of inversions, but it's still a nice, smooth uh, roller coaster. And, indeed, you do get some good views if you dare to open your eyes. Then we went and got drenched on Popeye's Rat Bilge Barges. Oh, my gosh. Um, you're in a barge with 11 other people um, beside yourself, uh, potentially, and you go around and down and around and... And you can get wet. I got so soaked, my glasses actually fell off because I got caught under the waterfall. And I got really soaked. Um, after that, we actually went out of the park to go eat my daughter's birthday dinner. She chose a place called Cowfish. Cowfish is a, the meeting of uh, sushi and hamburgers. Um, it's a chain, but they have a location at the uh, Universal City Walk. So we were able to take the scooter out and uh, go to the cowfish. Um, they do have outdoor seating uh, in the shade. We probably should have had that because we were still kind of damp, even after the long walk or scooter ride out from uh, where we were. But we didn't. Uh, we took inside seating, and it was just actually a little bit chilly. And you know, when you're damp and it's chilly, well, you get the picture. The food was pretty good. It's a different experience for sure. Um, 
you can and actually have sushi burgers with the combination of sushi and hamburger together. I didn't have that. I had a regular burger. Um, other people had uh, the little bento boxes they had, which were really good and actually were quite uh, good value um, in that they had both little burgers, although they could have squoze in one more, and they had sushi and they had uh, other items including edamame, etc., um, kimchi and so forth. It was very good value. Uh, I do recommend those if you go to eat there. So we went back into the park. We did a couple of other rides. Um, we did the King Kong ride, which again will scare you, but uh, we were able to manage to get through the queue in not too bad of time. And then we made our way back one more time, the third time to the Harry Potter land, and we went on the Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. My goodness, what a ride this is. Now, this does not have the Express Pass feature, but it's still a great ride. You get to choose to either be on the motorbike itself or in the sidecar. I was able to get on the motorbike part. I was not going to be able to be in the sidecar. Um, another feature of this ride is you do not get to choose your seats because it's one of these that you walk and you walk on. So it's not like a traditional roller coaster where they load in all at once. It's a, it's a continually moving thing. It's really quite well designed that way. So uh, my, two, my daughter and uh, uh, her, uh, someone who went along with her got into the back car of the, of the previous uh, car. And uh, my son and I were in the front car. Now there's also a headlight. So it's like you're doing, you're on a motorbike and the headlight's on. And we did it in the dark. Because it was after dark. Because it was a 120-minute wait. We were on it about 100 minutes. So, you know, again, wait times are a little bit over-exaggerated at Universal. But that's okay. Better to be over-exaggerated than under-exaggerated. You, so you don't choose a seat. You go in. And this ride does all kinds of things. Except it does not go upside down. All right, well, it does not do that. No inversions. But I will tell you, it's one of the most inventive roller coaster rides ever. I'm not going to offer any spoiler alerts. If you want spoilers, you can go to the YouTube and the internet. You can get all the spoilers you want. Suffice to say, it, it does three things. It goes, it goes forwards, it goes backwards, it drops, and it goes up, and it goes down. And it's a wonderful roller coaster experience. And it was well worth uh, the, minute, the minutes of wait. Um, everyone had a great time. Emma had a wonderful birthday. Um, but I have to tell you, after all that, the Express Pass is the way to go. Except for Hagrid, it's basically available for all attractions, except for one or two at both the Islands of Adventure or the regular Universal Studios Florida. Um, you can buy it if you're not staying on site you can, or staying at the on-site hotels that offer it as a free perk. You can buy it, but uh, it can cost you. Um, if we were to buy it for all five members of our family, it would have cost us $780. Exactly, $780 for five Express Passes. So we weren't buying it. So um, if you're staying at either the Royal Pacific, the Hard Rock, or the Portofino, it's included in your stay. And I know ways you can maximize your time and minimize your night stays and really work that out because I'm able to know that and I'm able to do that and I'm universal certified and all of that. It was a great time had by all. I really think you should go ahead and enjoy the Islands of Adventure, especially if you have kids that are 9 and older. Remember that Universal starts charging adult prices at 10 and uh, again, stay at the three hotels that get the Express Pass for free and you'll be much happier. 
especially if you're going during the peak seasons of school breaks, summertime, etc. So this is the Walters Wandering Travel Podcast. Don't forget, if you are going to mention Universal Studios, I will go ahead and give you a little Universal Studios gift card so you can enjoy something at the Three Broomsticks. Take care and have a great day.